Welcome to the Midtown Midweek, where we chat about the sermon from Sunday. This is your host, Melissa Fennell, joined with my co-host, Jake Blair. Hey. What up? How's it going? It's going great. How you doing? I'm doing okay. With us. Hey, he's back at it again. He's the fifth Beatle. He's a (laughs) member of the family. That's right. We got Pastor Michael Bailey here. (laughs) He's the fifth Beatle. But you're still in the band. You're still in the band. Oh, like still the present. Beatles. Got it. Yeah, I was like, too. what is happening I right now? Halfway <laughs> expected you to go like, guess who's back? Back again. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know if we want to do a Slim Shady reference, but uh, I just it did. has been on there. Really? Yeah. I won't nice. say who, but let's just say that Someone. person went and planted a church. Let's just wow. put it like that. There it is. Should we go ahead and get into some forms that people submitted from the midweek? Ooh, yes. Oh, yes, please. Scott said anything? Yes. Um, Scott, we're dying. We need to know. Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I, I deduced who Scott might be. And I nice. texted who I thought it might be. I said, is this you? And he said, yes, it is. And this has all gotten very out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's correct. He's correct. I said that's what makes it good content. Uh, that's right. I I felt Hilarious. that in my one experience uh, dealing with his his submissions, and I loved it. We did get a couple people that I want to spotlight. One person we got, and his name is T. T. And T says, first off, thanks for highlighting Mister Friendly's new Southern Cafe. It is truly some of the best. Columbia has to offer. Wow. With all due respect, and I mean all due respect, <sighs> you kind of undersold Mr. Friendly's. I'll admit for the longest time I never checked it out because it sounded like a creepy five points college bar. <laughs> huh. But it has some of the best food Columbia has to offer. And yes, it's a little pricier, but you can get one of their staple entrees for around $25. You will leave very full and satisfied, unlike other high-end restaurants in town where the food you get is good. But the portions are pitiful, and you have, end up stopping by cookout on your way home. <laughs> it's hard to think of another <laughs> Sounds restaurant. Sounds like he's speaking from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes on to say, it's hard to think of another restaurant in Colombia that tops it in the triple index of price, quality, and quantity. I like this guy. You know what? This guy's speaking my language. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Also, he says, they recently renovated their outdoor space for your COVID-free enjoyment. Pro tip, on Tuesdays, they have a meatloaf special, which sounds strange for fine dining, but I'm pretty sure it's made of ribeye, and 100% sure it's extremely delicious. Do you think this is like the owner of Mr. Friendly's, and he somehow found out? Whoever T is, like, (laughs) I want to be his friend. I want to go to restaurants with him. He's speaking my language. he dropped the triple index. It's like, this man, first of all... This is an insider. This is an insider. He... (laughs) He is connected to the food scene. He has the research and the data. And I mean, he knows the lingo. He does know the lingo. Absolutely. He's got his uh, criteria by which he judges uh, a food establishment. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. He's yeah. right, though. He's, it's a good point. The quantity to price ratio is a very, very important factor, as well as environment, aesthetic. There you go. Now you went there this week. I went there this week. What'd you, you get? Really? I had to. I had to support. Yeah, have to. the local. Yeah, business. No, and also, I have to be a, a man of my word with the podcast. Got to. Yeah. But it was wonderful. We were near the bathroom. Our table was near the bathroom area, and there was one guy looking at me and sort of like slowly walking my way. <laughs> and we made eye contact, That's and he didn't say anything. And so I looked away. I looked back up and he's still looking at me walking my way. And I assume he's going to the bathroom. And I said, yeah, man, it's right over here. Turns out it was the owner. 
Oh, no. said, hey, you enjoying your food? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's great. It's so good. Thank you. And Lucy's just holding back laughter because that's always happens to me. Uh-huh. I always embarrass yeah, me. Yeah, man, it's right over here. He's like, yes, I'm well aware. Thank he you. He didn't even acknowledge it. What a kind soul. But Lucy's just holding back laughter because she's given me the look she gives me when she knows. She's just waiting for her moment to make that's fun excellent. of me. excellent incredible but then even when we left the owner went out of his way to say hey guys thank you so much for mm. for for coming here so that's awesome it was great that's wonderful great. meal that's love great. that would recommend t has this last thing to say and oh, t okay. i am all about this man like you uh this is a wonderful form you filled out please all your restaurant recommendations send our way because i feel like you know what's up but t does say on a more serious note i'd love to hear from pastors any pro tips on how to Sabbath well with young children when mm. the work, in quotes, of parenting never really stops? How do you Sabbath well as a whole family? So that kind of segues pretty well into our corporate practice, which is Sabbathing. Mm. Uh, Michael, how would you answer that? I mean, I think that's a really good question. And I, I think that it actually kind of feeds into some of what we were kind of hinting around um, last week, I think, when we were talking about it. and it. I think in some respects it's learning to redefine rest a little bit. And we That's actually great. we actually may be talking about that in the Sabbath sermon. So I don't want to I don't want to like get too far uh, ahead of ourselves in that cuz there's some good content coming uh in the coming weeks on Sundays. But I think uh, in some respects it's uh, a redefinition of rest. You know, like we tend to think and I'm guilty of this too that that what rest is is I need time by myself. Mm-hmm. I need no no stressors, i.e. children, uh, yeah. in my life. Uh, I need to just be able to do something that I personally enjoy away from the demands of relationships, away from the demands of uh, housework and family life and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, the issue is, is if I define rest that way, I am never going to find it because mm-hmm. uh, the really, I mean, pragmatically, it's very difficult to have all of those things line up all the t- all at all times, you know, or you know, even on a, a given day. And so, some of what we were talking about about redefining rest is like uh, kind of understanding it through the lens of worship, and like what we are actually trying to do with this day uh, is to redirect our minds and our hearts and our relationships towards the Author of Life, towards the source from which true rest and true comfort and true fulfillment come. Uh, and so it's learning to establish those types of rhythms with your kids. You know, like I know plenty of people who go on vacations and come back just as tired as when they left, not because the vacation wasn't good, not because the vacation was necessarily pe- wasn't peaceful or restful. It's just, it's not the ultimate source of rest that we're actually looking for. And so that's wow. why we've got, I think we've got to begin to redefine it a little bit and understand what Sabbathing is actually all about, that Godward direction of it, uh, because He's going to be the one who sustains and and gets us through and actually provides for us peace in the midst of chaos. I mean, this is his whole thing, you know, like this is what God does. uh, And it's taking a day to kind of embrace that. And so I think practical tips would be like, hey, do Godward directed things with your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and just my favorite hashtag is like and embrace the chaos because that's what family life is and learn to find some of that peace in the, in the midst of it, you know, of like, Hey, this is beautiful. Like I am enjoying the presence of my kids right now. 
they are a gift from God. I'm enjoying getting to do these things with my kids. This whole thing is a gift from God and allow those experiences to actually fill up your soul in a, in a way that like presses you further up and further in, you know, Mm -hmm. as C.S. Lewis would say, Mm -hmm. um, to, to who God is and, and what he's done for you. That's not like, Hey, here's step one, two, and three of how to do it. But I think perspective shift for me has been a huge thing because I feel that tension as well. You know, like uh, the way I talk about it, I'm getting a little long winded here. Uh, But the way I like to talk about it is like my, my happy place is being in the woods, up a tree by myself with a gun. Like that is, that is my happy place. You know, like that's the most Lexington thing I've ever heard. Sorry. But if like that, that is not feasible to do all the time you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, so it's i've had to learn how to find rest and that you know godward orientation in the midst of of different different circumstances so yeah and i think being a parent sort of shifts your perspective in some significant ways but one of them being it's not about me yeah so even with sabbathing and i'm resting with my family rest it's not about me and yeah. what are things that my kids can do that will be really enjoyable and seeing them have fun with it yeah. and narrating here's what we're doing and why we're doing Absolutely. it. And now we're going to do something fun. Y'all want to do. Absolutely. It's like seeing my kids have fun on Sabbath yeah. and realizing we're doing this because God one day a week says we should stop and enjoy him and his gifts. Yep. Like that helps me rest to know. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I, love my kids do that. I did just think of one other, and this one's a little bit more practical that maybe you could actually employ. It's also a perspective shift, but it's a perspective shift that I think comes with some, some tangible stuff. And it all depends on how old your kids are as well. Uh, but I also find in myself sometimes as a parent, uh, this desire or this like belief that I am supposed to like manage my kids entertainment and I'm supposed to be the one who kind of plans out their day, mm-hmm. always has something in front of them to do, kind of like, you know, maintaining the schedule of their life as well. Uh, and I think one of the things I've had to come to a realization with is like, you know what, kid, a son, daughter, uh, your entertainment, your rest, your enjoyment uh, isn't always my job. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you have to figure out what to do with your own boredom. And I am not responsible to manage that for you. Uh, so all that, what I, what I say leads to the practical of just like, if some of the pressure that potentially you find on this day of rest with your family is like, well, I feel like I got to plan all this stuff out for my kids. Uh, no, you don't like let your kids, depending on their age, just be bored and figure it out for themselves, you know, yeah. to, to a certain degree, still do things that press into a Godward direction for sure. But don't feel like this has to become another day where you're, planning every last little detail and making sure you're moving from event to event type of a thing, but just let it be what it is. And honestly, that'll be good for your kids development as well, because they're going to learn how to get creative and be imaginative on their own. Not saying that's where this person is coming from with their question, but it has been a realization that's been very helpful for me uh, to just let my kids feel the freedom to be bored a little bit Mm -hmm. and figure it out, Mm -hmm. you know, take some pressure off. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Listener, David, on another forum, he says this about Sabbath. He uh, talked about how he Sabbaths, which I find to be really great. So uh, would love to hear from y'all. How do you Sabbath? What's that look like for you? Let's share some tips that we can all do this together. He says, I've learned two things that are really helpful for me when I Sabbath. First, I always try to make a meal. 
could be a dinner or a brunch. Cooking helps remind me of God's goodness, so I try mm. to incorporate it into my Sabbath. And second, it's easy for me to believe that buying things is the answer to my discontentment. So I try to not buy anything on my Sabbath as a reminder of God's goodness and provision. Cool. I love, I love that. that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. You know, yeah. I mean, however you choose to Sabbath with your family, as long as you're doing it in Columbia, because we all know you'd rather be here. hey Jake, what is a local place that you you want to highlight this week? So listener David, who talked about how he Sabbaths, also gave us a local spotlight, which thank you, David, for doing that. And for those listening, drop in your favorite local spotlights. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it. And David says this. He says, I think you should spotlight the Richland libraries because they are fly. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the library. I am walking distance to one in Forest Acres, Mm -hmm. and it is lovely. They redesigned it maybe three years ago to be very family friendly. Whenever I do go there with my work or whatever, it's always super great, delightful. Mm -hmm. Like the space just accommodates towards studying, reading, and it is wonderful. That's really great. I went to the one on Assembly Street recently with um, my friend Alice and her four children, and it was so nice inside. That's the one with the trees that are planted into the ground? Yes, they have trees inside. Their, like, kid stuff is incredible. Like, they Mm -hmm. have this little hallway where you can be, like shadows in a forest like it is very creative and they have like grab bags that you can just like pick up and take with you like Mm -hmm. fun things to do with your kids um which is so nice i was like man this is like a really sweet little spot so i mean honestly i feel like that could be a good activity to include like with your family for sabbathing too. just like spend an hour or two there as a family hit up soda city and Go then to just Soda walk City. over to the library. Go to the library. Dang. We got a lot That's to half offer. your day already. Columbia's got a lot. Columbia. Hey, let's, let's take it lot. back. <laughs> Columbia's got a lot. Now, some would argue Lexington libraries are what's up. I have not been to one because uh, I'm a Richland native. Sure, yeah. But. I had a Lexington um, library card and then I forgot to return a movie. Like eight years ago. Sorry, Sarah Pettis, if you're listening. So there you go. The Richland Libraries. Pick up a book or a DVD or just have fun there with your kids. It's great. Check it out. Well, let's get into the sermon this week. This week was commandment number two. Don't make any idols and how to go at Lexington, Bailey. Yeah, I really enjoyed preaching at Lexington. You know, I thought I thought it was... um... I well, let me just say it. I just enjoyed the content. You know, I, I liked um getting to unpack um some of the trickier parts of that command, uh, and how like genuinely, and I, I said this to the Lexington squad, uh, that I, I find it to be one of the most beautiful excerpts, surprisingly beautiful excerpts, uh, in all of the Ten Commandments. And it because it doesn't read that way initially, but I think once initially you get it reads like 
excuse me, you're doing what now? Yeah, it's like, huh? Come again? <laughs> uh, but to really kind of get underneath what God's jealousy is all about and what it actually means when he says, like, visiting the iniquity on the third and fourth generation and the juxtaposition of that with uh, his steadfast love to the thousands. Like, I just like getting to preach on that stuff uh, and getting to help, you know, unpack those things for people because it can be really difficult to understand. But when we do get it, it's like, oh, this is incredibly beautiful. And I love that God is this way. Yeah. And fun little Bible nerd fact. So the back half of that, talking about the third and fourth, loyal love to the thousands, is connecting us to Exodus 34, mm -hmm. verses 6 and 7. And that same language is used. And the Bible Project has done extensive work on this to show that this is the most quoted Old Testament passage in all the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So you see lines and phrases from Exodus 34. Yep littered throughout the Old Testament, mm -hmm. yep. Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, with this verse being one of those. Yeah, absolutely. It's a chief way in which God describes himself and, yeah. and tells his people who he is, and then it shows up in all kinds of different places throughout the Old Testament. And it's it's really great. And that's why it's important to understand. You yeah. know, like it's important that you don't get it twisted because, you know, we, we come to it with our modern ears and we don't understand words like iniquity and we definitely don't understand what it means to like visit anything on the third and fourth generation it just sounds weird it's like no 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 we need to really unpack what's going on here especially the steadfast love stuff because it's a it, really it is beautiful. a can of worms worth opening yeah yeah big fan of that so it's actually that video from bible project is going to be in the show notes, mm. Melly knows how to access them. Just reach out to her <laughs> if you're having sure trouble. Do. On giving. Sure do. And I'll ask you just a couple questions uh, real quick. So um, I know something we were wrestling with was how does commandment number one and number two differ? Yeah. And so do you want to give some more airplay yeah, to that? Because I know that's something we were having a hard time with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think part of the reason why we, ha we particularly have a hard time with it is because like we're 21st century modern, you know, Americans who, if we have any sort of like theological or deistic like worldview, it's always been wrapped up in monotheism. You know, like mm -hmm. if you, if you are an American period, like you've been kind of born into a worldview where the majority, sure. the majority, yeah. if they think about God at all, it's either does he exist or not exist? And of course, if he does exist, there's only one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, and that's not necessarily the worldview that the, of the ancient Near East that Israel, you know, is, is coming from. And so uh, it makes talking about these two as distinct, a little bit difficult, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for me, the way, the way it's really broken down, um, is understanding that with commandment number one, have no other gods before me. Like it really is a call to allegiance. This is a lot of what we said in that, in that first week, like it is, it is dealing with the authoritative, um, centers of our life, you know, like what is truly going to be ultimate. And then like what we said, you know, in, in this week, it's commandment number two is, all right, <clears throat> making that something other than who he truly is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think there were certainly a lot of different ways that we could take it. Like, we, you know, we could have talked, you know, in this week about like taking the created thing and elevating it. We kind of hit that a little bit in week one. So it didn't feel like there was too much of a need to kind of get into those, those specifics of it. But certainly th those are added elements of it. Um, one of the things that I, honestly, I guess we could have talked about this on the podcast last week. 
one of the things we could have gone in and talked about in week one was I was particularly interested in going in on that like authority center piece of of the whole command. Um, whereas, you know, in the world of the ancient Near East, there sort of were the options of like, there are lots of different gods in the cultural ethos, you mm-hmm. know, that you could maybe have elected to hold up as ultimate uh, beings of some sort of spirituality, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> whatever it may be. And that isn't necessarily our worldview. Uh, so we don't think about there being other spiritual beings to which you could pledge allegiance. I would submit that is partially true. I think there is one other being, spiritual being that we do think we can pledge primary allegiance to, and that would be the self. That would mm-hmm. be ourselves and sort of looking at that first command as a, all right, the gauntlet's going to be laid. Like who, who or what is going to be the ultimate decision-making force in your life? Is God going to be it or are you going to allow yourself to be it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I, I thought that was a, a pretty interesting angle that we could have potentially taken that we didn't. Uh, but I think it's a challenge nonetheless, because like, I think our real temptation when it comes to having other gods before God is, am I going to be God or is God going to be God? Yeah. Which is it going to be, you know? Um, and then, of course, this week we could have gone into the, or are we going to like make God into created things and treat created things like like they are? Uh, but all of that, I think, is in, in, encapsulated in like allegiance and then making a different image. That is that is helpful. Uh, I I think we could have even played around with more. Like I'm fascinated by the whole idea of idol making as sort of this pipeline to mm. the human side, to the divine side. Yeah. And if I create this pipeline, then divine blessings will get yeah. channeled my way. And absolutely sort of could have played with that. Cause uh, I think that's just a really weird, interesting concept. Yeah. Like we already don't know what idols yeah. look like, but even to understand sort of the thinking of an ancient Near East person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So another there, time. There's some really cool stuff in the book, which is why I'm glad we we have the book as a companion to everything that we're doing, uh, because in it, Brandon kind of goes into the embarrassing and debasing nature of elevating created things as though they were God of how like these are these are things actually that if you go all the way back to Genesis one, like we are given the privilege and authority to co-rule over with God. Mm-hmm. But instead, what we do is we bow down to them and treat them as though they are higher than than we are. Things like, you know, sex, relationships, whatever it may be, uh, <clears throat> and how backwards that is mm-hmm. and how ultimately it's like if when you look at it through the view, the lens of like you were made to have a, a, a authority. Uh, in God's good world, uh, you are a sacred being meant to to rule over these things. How uh, embarrassing or humiliating is it that we would then turn around and bow down to the things that we were meant to to rule over? Yeah. That's like a complete perspective shift. Like I almost don't even have like category to like think mm-hmm. about it in my brain because it's like what that sounds so foreign. But I think Brandon does a really good job in the book of like unpacking that this is some of what's going on, and it's it's inappropriate because of how God actually made everything to work. And in fact, life works better when we get the order right. You know, things go screwy when the order gets inverted, but when the order, when the created order is right with God at top, then us, then the created world, uh, everything flows much, much better. Bailey in preparing for the sermon this Sunday, um, how would you say that it impacted you personally? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. You know, it's like I was saying at the top, the stuff about God's jealousy and his perspective towards his people. I just, I love it. 
I love it. It being reminded of the extent to which God loves his people, that he would stop that though he hates idolatry, he will stop at nothing to make idol makers his own. I just love it. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that's incredibly beautiful. And for me, that was just a really encouraging nugget uh, to pull uh, in the sermon and one that I was just trying to like really personally drink deeply from like in, in prep. And <clears throat> my biggest hope for the sermon, honestly, at Lexington was that the folks would walk away with sort of this really overwhelming sense of just how much God loves them uh, and how, and hopefully how that would woo them away and woo me away, you know, from wanting to project false images onto God and worship uh, things other than God, uh, because I, I would hope that it would help me see him for who he really is and draw me further, like we said before, further up and further in. One thing I've even been thinking about, I've been reading Deuteronomy and how the book of Deuteronomy ends. He establishes these covenant blessings. If you do these, here's all the great things that are going to happen. But if you don't do this, here are the covenant curses that mm. are going to happen if you don't, which sort of uh, foreshadows what's going to happen to all of Israel's history. They're sure. going to be sent to exile and famine and yep. all of this. Um, but even when the covenant curses happen, they're still in the covenant. Yeah. And God's going to still redeem his people despite covenant curses falling on them, which yeah. then leads to Jesus. And so kind of tying back into all of that is like our idolatry and we experience the curse, the effects yeah, of our idolatry. We do. And absolutely also... We do. Uh, what is it? First Timothy, even though we are faithless, he remains faithful yep. and God will continue to rescue us because we're still in the covenant mm -hmm. and he's going to keep his promises. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Absolutely. that. Um, Thank you, Michael, for, for preaching me. for us. Appreciate it. Jake, you preached at our downtown church on Sunday. I did. How did that go? Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So Great. much fun. It had been a minute since I taught at downtown. Yeah, I um, watched on the live stream because I was out of town this weekend. And just a, a little shout out to our sweet little all-female band this Sunday. They mm -hmm. really crushed it. They did great. I was encouraged by that. Um, but so, Jake, if our people could be praying for you this week, what is something that, that you would like prayer for? Yeah, I'd say overall for our church family, uh, praying for unity and perseverance right now with COVID stuff happening and mm -hmm. us trying to rally the stuff that we're doing at our church and with life groups uh, can feel like an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. um, I know ministry always feels like that, but just circumstantially in this season, it feels like especially more so. So just praying that all of us would have this posture of um, just how can we still fight for and maintain being church family for my family? Personally, we're going on a, uh, we're going to be gone all next week to Maine to visit family. And we try to do that once a year. Lucy has a lot of family up there and we're yeah. praying and hoping it will be really restful and restorative. Cool. Well, um, I am going to pray for you really quick. And if you're listening, feel free to pray along. Um, or pray throughout the week as well. Um, cool. Jesus, thank you, um, for this day and thank you for Jake and all the ways that he loves and cares for our people. Well, um, yeah, just ask that you would be, um, like you said, with our church family, that you would, um, help us be unified with one another. Um, thank you for a church, um, that, 
does want to take care of our people um, and make good decisions um, for them. And yeah, just as we continue to navigate a pandemic that feels like it's changing every day, I just ask that you would um, be with us and guide our yeah, our decisions and pray for their little main trip next week that it would be restful and um, a sweet time together as a family. Um, we love you a lot. Amen. Thanks, Melly. You're welcome. Well, hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to The Midweek this week. We will be back next week with Pastor Allen in the hot seat. Oh, yeah. And we're looking forward to that. Until then, resources are in the show notes. Show Drop notes. Drop us a line, whether it's a local spotlight or how you Sabbath or something funny you want to say to Scott. Just drop it in the form <laughs> in the show notes. We will read it out loud. Mm-hmm. We'll have a great time. So fill that out and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.